10 days away from the 2023 NFL draft, scouting the mock drafts. Four new prospects that could be San Francisco 49ers, a pair of offensive tackles, a pair of cornerbacks coming up on today's Locked On 49ers. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to you, Locked On 49ers, Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked On 49ers is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. Ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your football franchise? Then this is definitely the game for you. To download the mobile game app, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo code locked on in the game. Here we go, Croc. We're scouting more mock drafts. The the net we you got to throw for, I mean, just the third round guys. There's 100 players that the 49ers could draft just late third round. Then you got to talk fifth round and seventh round. And uh, I think we're working toward maybe finding some players we like, some players we don't like, or, or at least we don't like in the third round that maybe we like better in the fifth or maybe we like better in the seventh. And I think we got to start putting these guys in buckets. And, and by next week before the draft croc, I think we can find our our my guys, the the croc my guys, the peacock my guys, the peacock my guys, and and put them in. We like these guys in the third round. We like these guys in the fifth round. Maybe seventh round and undrafted. We we like this set of players uh, of the ones we have looked at. So some popular names today, though, uh, in these mock drafts that we're going to get to. I'm, I'm pumped for this one. Juan Ye Morris. It's not Juan Ye. It's Juan Ye. Which I like a little bit more. You know, interesting name. It, any relation to the guy from uh uh dang, what's that group? Although we go to the Boys to Men? Yeah, Boys to Men. One of the guys that I believe that's his name. Wanye? Yeah, Wanye Morris, I think. Really? Don't quote me on that. There I might be a Morris in that group too. So now that I think about it. Okay, we have that's what I'm saying. Man. Wanye Morris, that's the dude's name. Oh, like his full name, first and last. I thought yeah. we were just talking about Wanye. Interesting. Okay, boys to men. I know there's some some big time boys to men fans in the Locked On 49ers community. So let us know at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker or uh, in the in the YouTube comments as well. We got Wanye Morris, offensive tackle from Oklahoma. We've got Tyler Steen, offensive tackle from. Alabama by way of Virginia and a pair of cornerbacks, Darius Rush and Eli Ricks, all of which we've seen in multiple mock drafts for the 49ers throughout this process. So the scouting reports on those guys, how we like them. Let's start with Wanye Morris. Um, will Will San Francisco be the end of the road for Wanye Morris during the NFL draft, Croc? I don't know, man. I'm, I'm, I watched Wanye Morris play right tackle, and I watched him against Baylor, and my first note, <laughs> it's always interesting, like if I just go through and look at well, like what what well, like what's my first note? Because a lot of times it's my first like initial thought when coming up to him. Is he hurt? <laughs> Looks gimpy to the second level. So it was kind of like this guy who's kind of moving around, but it just didn't look natural or like fluid or like super athletic, right? We watched the kid out of uh, BYU early on, and it was like, man, everything he did getting to the next level very fluid. But with Wanye, it looked kind of painful. I almost felt bad watching him try to reach the second level. So that's one of the first things. Then can he handle speed off the edge? Uh, 49ers, they don't – like their guys don't have to have a ton of power. 
but you do got to be able to move to handle some speed off the edge. Not sure that he did that. Uh, plays well on things right in front of him. Some of this, but I guess without the power part, but uh, a lot of this sounds kind of almost like Aaron Banks. How I felt about Banks. Now, Banks is a guard. So then that was my next question. Is he potentially a guard at the next level? Because, again, we're talking about somebody kind of, can he can he play in space? Can he handle speed off the edge? You know, getting to the next level, maybe putting him in that in inside will kind of help hide some of those deficiencies a little bit. You know, it, it's really weird because I've seen so many people on the Wanye Morris bandwagon. He's been in a lot of 49ers mock drafts. And when I watched the, the player, I didn't see someone that looked like this is going to be a starting NFL tackle. And if you don't think he has a chance to be a starting tackle, now it's tough where the 49ers are. It's, it's darn near the fourth round where they're drafting at the end of round three. In fact, Kirk Cousins was pick 102, and he was a fourth-round pick back in the day. Niners have pick 102 to end the third round, quote-unquote, in this year's draft due to all the comp picks, and there's more comp picks now than there used to be uh, because of the you know coaches and GMs and stuff getting hired away. So um, I, 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 it, it does look like there's something missing with Wanye Morris's game, and I, I wanted to go back with, now that you mentioned that and look and see if he had any injuries. He didn't miss any game because of injuries this year. He did get suspended two games because of academics and he opted out of the bowl game. He's also a transfer from Tennessee to Oklahoma. He was a freshman all American in the sec at Tennessee started 12 games as a left tackle in Tennessee as a freshman. And then like kind of got worse from there and, and then ended up transferring. And when he transferred to Oklahoma, he was a backup to Anton uh, Anton, uh, what's his name? He's going to go maybe even late first round in this draft. His teammate, that's the left tackle there, and uh, Anton Harrison, and then ended up starting those eight games this year for Oklahoma again. So a really weird career. Uh, a, a, a high-end recruit that was starting at Tennessee as a freshman and then ends up being on the right side, and that was at left tackle, then he ends up being on the right side as a senior, not even starting as a junior after transferring, and – it's it to me. It almost looks like, and I, I don't know the young man at all, but it looks to me like there's something else going on where he doesn't really care that much, or or something, because it feels like he should be a lot better than he is. And, and maybe there's some underlying injury issues that that nobody knows about too, and he's playing through it. Sometimes there is that. You know, I watched a guy, and I'm pretty sure we'll get to him, but uh, Rajon Wright, cornerback out of Oregon State. And I was wondering, like, well, why didn't he run his 40 yard dash? And I'm looking at the film, and I'm like, well, maybe he didn't think he was going to run well. And that's not what it was. He had to get like double hernia surgery or something like that. So, uh, you know, there are sometimes these underlying issues that maybe, you know, maybe uh, Wright was dealing with that throughout the year and he was just trying to play through it. And maybe it was painful. Maybe it limited how fast he could run. Uh, and when you look at Wanya Morris, maybe there is something that was kind of limiting his mobility just a little bit. Rep to rep consistency, uh, I don't think was great for Wanye Morris. There was times where it looked like he was a guy, and then uh, other reps that were bad. And so, he, like, yeah, technique and uh, consistency and, and, and body position. And and I think he would get crushed by Kyle Shanahan if with, without some some consistency. So yeah. I, I worry about him as a prospect for the 49ers, especially when we're talking, you know, that round three area and looking at his, um, uh, looking at his, you know, how he was recruited and looking at his workout numbers, really weird workout numbers too. So six, five, three, oh, seven, by the way here. So here's first, here's red flag. Number one, Croc with, with everything we've talked about with him so far, uh, combine six, five, three, oh, seven shows up at his pro day, six, five, three, 17. So mm -hmm. 10 pounds heavier after running at his combine didn't run at his pro day. 
So that's always like, okay, you get, you just gained 10 pounds very quickly and didn't work out after the game, but you did work out before the game. So what, what kind of a player are you really? What are your, you know, what are your testing numbers actually? And how, where are you going to play? Um, and is it that easy for you to gain weight? Are you 327 by the time training camp starts? Right. But man, long arms. So 6'5", 317, long 35 inch arms, huge wingspan. He ran a 510, which is which is pretty good at the combine, but had a 28 and a half inch vertical, which is you know not great. But we're talking about an offensive lineman. You don't need to be a dunker as an offensive lineman. Um, and so just I don't know, just an odd profile for me. I don't know if I'd feel comfortable in, in the round three area with Juan Diego Morris. I think I'd be a little worried. And again, the mobility part. And I think that's one thing, especially to play for the 49ers, you kind of have to have that. And again, go back to Aaron Banks. We thought he kind of struggled a little bit out in space. But obviously, like this year, he worked on it in the offseason. And he was terrific at it. So uh, there is hope for Wanya Morris. You look at Aaron Banks and his kind of trajectory to becoming a starter for the 49ers. But identifying that right now, it seems a little bit more difficult. And I don't like that he didn't do the agilities at either the combine or the pro day. And the thing with Aaron Banks that got him through it was he, you know, changed his body a little bit, put in the work. And so is Wanye Morris, one of those guys where the, the, the 49ers will put a star next to his name. He's like this guy, we believe in the, the character and he's going to work to achieve everything and get all everything out of his athleticism and, and, you know, make his body into what exactly we need him to be in the position we like him to be. So big question, hard for us to know that aspect of it. But right now, uh, I would say I would put him much more in the the round five day three bucket than the than round three. Right. Next up, Croc, we got Tyler Steen. He is the offensive tackle at Alabama. When you're the blind side left tackle at Alabama, usually that means you're going to go in the first round. Uh, Tyler Steen is not. Is he a tackle? Is he a guard? Next. Today's episode of Locked On 49ers is brought to you by Ultimate Football. GM, you've heard us talk about this ult- this uh, mobile game app. It's super fun to play. If you've ever thought you'd make a good GM, you got to give this game a try. And it might not be as easy as you think to create that dynasty. All in a challenging and realistic game world. When you play Ultimate Football GM, you control everything. You decide what scheme you want to run. You get the right coaches and coordinators in there. Fire other coaches and coordinators if you need to to get the right coaching staff to run that scheme. You got to get the players to run that scheme as well. You're managing all the finances, negotiating player salaries, navigating your team through free agency, the draft, injuries, player personnel issues that might pop up throughout a season. And Ultimate Football GM is completely free and playable offline, play on the go when and where you want to. And locked on listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo code locked on in the game store. That's locked on all caps. So make sure to check it out today to download the game. Just visit ultimate gm.com or look it up on the app stores. That's ultimate gm.com ultimate football GM start your dynasty today. Here we go. Tyler Steen crock. Um, he is a six foot pull up the uh the official numbers for tyler steen here uh he's a thick here's the other thing crocs so you mentioned banks and the way the 49ers have gone in the offensive line because i think of kyle shanahan i think of wide zone and i think of athletic offensive linemen they've been kind of kind of quietly getting bigger and bigger and bigger on the offensive line so what do you think they're looking for and maybe do they want an offensive tackle that's 330 more so than they want an offensive tackle that's you know 
302 or 305 or 295, however big Mike McGlinchey was there in his last season with the 49ers. Right, and tall, too, as tall as he was and light. Not a great combination. Mm -hmm. uh, but they might have looked at Trent Williams and said, you know what? We might not be able to get the next Trent Williams, but we can try to get something as close to it as possible from a height, weight standpoint. And Trent isn't overly tall, probably listed at, if I had to guess, 6'5", 235. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. he, I mean, he's just heavier than what we traditionally see the 49ers kind of go after. And I, the thing I love about watching film is, and at least the, my process with it is, I watch the film first, and then I try to go get some of the numbers, or you'll tell me their numbers. So from a height weight standpoint what it what is steen uh steen is six foot six 321 pounds okay that that now that is really good because a lot of my notes on here i think say that this guy from an athletic standpoint uh does fit so i like him in space Nice jump block versus wide rush. So sometimes you see white nine where, again, how, how can the guy handle speed, right? Got a guy out wide. He's trying to um, run the hoop, kind of win around the edge. And I thought he did a really good job and looked comfortable with just the feet, with his uh, pass set, getting out in space, getting hands on the guy and walling, walling him off. Now, one thing that was very consistent was I'm like, I don't see the power. And that's not to say that he was just getting bull rushed, but kind of just – pushing guys around, getting them to go where you want them to go, moving them. I didn't quite see that. But I – I, and again, I think later I put really lags powers, tries to catch everything. Can he handle a bull, bull rush uh, with speed? Like that's one thing I want to see. But one thing about the 49ers offensive lineman, I don't think you have to be the most powerful offensive lineman in this kind of zone blocking scheme. They kind of want to just get to a spot and wall guys off. Now, again, if you have a Trent Williams – Great. There's only one of him, maybe ever, right? But most of the guys is, can I just get to my spot, wall my guy off? I don't need to be the most powerful offensive lineman. So uh, the fact that I kind of noted not being a power blocker, a big mauler, as they like to say, I don't think that makes as much of a difference for the 49ers unless they are trying to really reshape the way that they look at their offensive lineman. But good feet, nice uh, kick step and pass sets. Uh, I think it could work speed to power. Fits 49ers, don't care about the power. Uh, so a lot of the things that I saw from him, really from a movement skill standpoint, felt like it meshed with what the 49ers are looking for. By the way, Trent Williams coming out of Oklahoma in 2010, 6'5", 315 pounds, ran a 4.8140. Oh, 40-yard dash. So do we have a 40 on him? Because remember, the 40 translates for uh, tackles more than it does for receivers. Yeah, there's there's two times for offensive linemen to look at and and really more so than almost any position offensive lineman, the 40 translates more was surprisingly. So um the the 40 yard dash in the short shuttle is is what to look at. And uh Trent Williams, by the way, his short shuttle was four six three coming out, which which isn't as good as you know compared to other players as his uh his 40 yard dash was, which is amazing at four eight one at 315 pounds. I think he's bigger now than those 315. But uh, Tyler Steen did not run at either the combine or his pro day a 40 yard dash, which is unfortunate. So we don't have a 40 yard dash on Tyler Steen, but he had a four five oh short shuttle, which is solid. And I think that's kind of the cutoff that a lot of people are looking for. If you're below four five oh uh, that's usually a pretty good number for offensive line, pretty good indicator. If you're below 440, that's really good. And that's, you know, you would love to have that in offensive linemen. 7783 cone. I don't really know how that relates with um with offensive linemen in the three cone. 31 inch uh, or 31 
reps on the bench press at the combine, which is good. You know, his jumps weren't great, 29 and a half, 9-1. I don't know if that translates for offensive linemen, but no 40, which is unfortunate. But when you watch him play, you, I see plenty of athleticism, and I, I see um, there's like a, a patience to his game. He looks like he's he's not ever – you talk about this a lot, Croc, with corners too, and I think it, it, it it's similar with offensive linemen where they're, they're not like in uh, – they're not in like the mode where they're like, oh no, I gotta catch up, right? Yeah, he just he always seems like pretty much in control. Yeah, good timing, uh, good tempo, and can get out and, and make all the blocks. And he doesn't blow you away athletically, and he doesn't blow you away like pancaking guys. But he just seems like rock solid. And you know why? It's probably because he started an insane amount of games. He started forty six games in college wow. at Vanderbilt. He started as a defensive lineman as a recruit in, in his first year. And then uh, it was sort of his red shirt freshman year. Um, he had one tackle as a, a defensive lineman. Then in 2019, he started every game, 12 games for Vanderbilt at right tackle. Then two years, a starter at left tackle that was through the pandemic and then transferred to Alabama for his last season. He was second team, all sec as the left tackle starting 13 more games there. So he started 46 games and 12 of those at right tackle and the rest at left tackle in his college career. So he's played a lot of college football. I think from you know uh, a size standpoint, 6'6", 321, that's nice. His athleticism looks pretty good. I like the 4.50 short shuttle is, is solid. We don't have a 40-yard dash. But there's one thing, Croc, and I don't know if you saw this on tape. Were guys able to reach him because he has the, the dreaded sub 33-inch arm length at the combine. It's funny because it's different at the pro day in the combine, but yeah. 32 and three quarters inch arm length. And there's only like maybe three, I think, offensive linemen starting at tackle in the NFL that have shorter arms than 33 inches. Peter Skaronsky's getting the guard treatment in the first round of this draft for the same reason. So that's the biggest question probably on whether he can stick a tackle or if he is guard is that arm length. Tristan Warps, what was his arm length? Because that was a guy who people kind of questioned, can he be a, a tackle is he gonna have to be a guard I think a lot of people are really penciling him in as a guard and uh, some 49er fans look back and like man sure do wish we'd have taken Tristan Worf's uh you know instead of Javon Kinlaw but maybe they just didn't you know it's like oh well he's a tackle but then his eyes slow feet does he have to be kicked inside and he's been terrific as a tackle but uh what were some of the things you see from him so for Worf's um and I remember he tested, I'm looking it up right now. I remember he tested great. Everyone knew he was an athletic freak and he started at left tackle at Iowa and wasn't as good and then played better at right tackle. So that's why people are like, oh, he's not a left tackle. And then maybe he's yeah. even have to move into guard. Uh, but he, at the combine, 6'5", 320. He had 34-inch arms, uh, big hands. He ran a 4.85 in the 40, 36-and-a-half-inch vertical. I mean, just, you know, Physical ridiculous freak. athlete. How, how much of a difference do you think it makes to have like this much more on your arm length? It's so hard, but like it's just a half an inch, right? Cause you said Worf was 34 and you, and we're saying that Steen is 30, 33 and a half. No, right? Steen is 32 and three quarters. Oh, so, so ideally you want 34 plus 33 yeah. is kind of like the cutoff minimum for tackle in the NFL. So I think the reason why Tyler Steen's probably there for the Niners in late round three is because he's quote unquote a guard in the NFL and not, a tackle do, do you take them there because again we we and we also talk about uh offensive tackles or i know i do a lot it's like man you got to get those guys typically in the first round 
Yeah, you're not right. a whole lot of just great offensive linemen walking <laughs> around that, that get drafted That's... outside of round one. So they're usually missing something. So do you think that maybe the arm length is the one thing that he's missing? And if so, is that something that he potentially can overcome? Definitely. It's definitely the one thing he's missing from a clean projection to tackle. He still might not get to the 49ers at pick 99. I think it's a good spot for him. I like him in late third round. Are you okay with with plugging him in at right tackle is kind of the question with the, with the shorter arms. And, you know, there I think late third round, you probably feel pretty good knowing, well, shoot, you know, we'll, we'll give him a shot at tackle, prove that he's going to fail at that and that, you know, the length is a problem but he's still going to be a solid guard. So you have, you know, that parachute, even if he doesn't hit as a tackle, you think he'd probably be a starting caliber guard, which I think he would be in the NFL might not get to 99. I'd be okay with, with Tyler Steen. I like him. And, you know, I've seen enough from him to, to say he's, he deserves a shot to, to, to attempt to play tackle in the NFL first. You give him the stamp of approval for round three, Croc. I give him, I give him the stamp of approval, especially since the 49ers have three third round picks. Right. Yeah. And who knows? Maybe he ends up at right guard and um, uh, Spencer Burford kicks out. To tackle. out yeah. I, I, see, there, I see a lot of people that are like, oh, that would never happen. But I mean, I can see it happening because, again, they I it, it felt almost like, look, we have and we see this a lot. Guys coming in the field, you have to kind of wait your turn. We'll put you at guard until you can kick you out at tackle. Mm-hmm. And Mike McGlinchey, like he was just going to start. He, he was going to start at right tackle. So. All right, Burford, we really like you. You know, in the process, man, we got to rotate you a little bit with Brunskill. But, all right, McGlinch is gone. Maybe we can just kick him out. And I know a lot of people think that, but there are also a lot of people that are pushing him back on the thought of it. Burford, by the way, not tall, 6'4", but uh, 34 and three-quarters inch arms. So maybe he is a better fit for tackle. Mm. Got his feet wet, right? And then so kind of rotate them through. Kick Burford out. Steen at guard. Interesting. Next, Croc, you are our cornerback expert. That was your position. You know the technique. You know what coverages they're running, what they're trying to do. So let's look at two corners in this class that I've seen projected to the 49ers in the 2023 NFL draft. South Carolina's Darius Rush and Alabama's Eli Ricks. Next. Thanks, everybody, for making Locked On 49ers your first listen every day. The everydayers, we love you. And we've got more scouting the mocks coming. Dane Brugler just dropped a seven-round mock draft. We're going to have to talk about some of those prospects, including names like Byron Young and Corey Trice and uh, maybe Corey Trice's teammate as well. So that's coming up uh, on future shows of Locked On 49ers. We're going to get some... Uh, obviously tons of draft analysis, pre-draft, post-draft coming up on the show. And for your second listen, check out Locked On NFL Draft, Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino. And stay tuned for the upcoming 2023 edition of the Ultimate Mock Draft, our network-wide mock draft special, which is hosted by myself and Matt Williamson. Subscribe to Peacock and Williamson as well. Okay, Croc, Darius Rush. He's commonly probably the most common corner I've seen mocked to the 49ers in that late round three area. He is a, a long corner from South Carolina. What'd you see from Darius Rush? All right. So we touched on him a little bit early on. And I think there were some clips, a, a bunch of clips from the senior ball of him just doing a good job, reading some routes down, interception. And it's just like, wow, big cornerback kind of, you know, that looks good. The, the film I watched, 
it's it's a it tells a different story. All right. So again, my initial notes. I kind of like just those like one liners that I start off with when I'm trying to figure out who is a guy. Darius Rush, South Carolina. Lacks twitch and steadiness. Lacks feel for routes. Lacks speed off the line of scrimmage. If I didn't know his 40 time, I think he was slow. Gets in chase mode and a panic mode as well. Just don't like him. <laughs> like those were <laughs> there was it was like I see him getting rocked onto his heels off the line of scrimmage. Uh, you know, I'm seeing guys just get way too many just clean releases. And again, I'm really big on feet beforehand. I'm not a guy that's saying you got to maul a guy at the line of scrimmage. You got to be all so aggressive and get hands on. If you can, if you play press and you're, you know, you, you, you utilizing your feet, you stay square and you can wash a guy down or maybe you don't get hands on, but you get in position to be able to read them down. Cool. But he was, I mean, guys were just taking a step or giving them a little something and then boom, breaking their route off, just zero resistance, running slant routes, like just wide open. And I'm like, gosh, can you, can you give me something? To, to like, and it just there was so much. You know, I watched, I watched two games today. I'm just like, this is a different prospect than the, the few clips that float around the senior bowl. And again, senior bowl, a lot of times you see the best of either a receiver or a cornerback. Uh, a lot of times it's not something that will be consistent on film. Uh, you know, like let's say Julian Brents. Brents has some great plays, goes viral. Everybody loves Brents now. And even in my head, it's like, oh, Brents has some great plays. Went viral. I like Brents now, right? But if I go and watch Julian Brents' film, it's like, oh, wait. <laughs> Maybe it was just kind of like, okay, you had a couple highlight plays, and you can have a couple of those in the game, but what are you on a consistent basis? Because what 49 fans are going to get mad at if a guy is just getting just ate up every play. It's like, well, the guy can't cover. Oh, well, he had this interception. But outside of that, for the next two games, he's getting ate up. And I'm not saying that's what's going to happen with Rush, but for a guy with his athletic profile – I would like to see him challenge himself a little bit more, be a little bit more patient at the line of scrimmage so he could be more consistent. And, I mean, you know, having to play him in the off coverage, I don't know if he has the twitch or suddenness for it. And and maybe if you have a great feel for routes, you, you could do that. Like, let's say, uh, the, the kid, Patrick Satan the second. He's not the twitchiest of guys. He's not the suddenness, uh, most sudden guy. But he has a great feel for routes, He's and he's very patient. And he consistently is in position to just make plays on the ball from off or press. Press, terrific. Very patient press. Get hands-on. Effortlessly runs with guys. I see the opposite from Rush. So I'm being a little harsh on him right now. Now, again, that's two games. Maybe I'll watch another couple games, and I see something different. And then maybe that's why it's like, well, you can watch two games and see this person. Watch two games and see this person. That's why he's projected to be a third-round pick. Yeah, and that's what's tough because we're looking at late third-round picks here. We're not looking at first round you know day one starters when we're talking about corners we're talking about offensive tackles there's going to be something a little dirty about their game which is the reason why they're in the late third round range and not higher if you're hoping that there's someone that can develop into a starter so typically you're you're not going to like a third round corner third round offensive tackle as much as you would like third round guard third round receiver third Mm. round safety and that's why you see so many corners are like, oh, this guy's kind of a slot, though. Or maybe he's a safety convert or he's a tackle, but he's probably going to play guard in the NFL. And that, and that's why, we, you know, that, that's been a lot of the conversations with the prospects we're looking at. There's no safety or no slot for Darius Rush, though. You, you've got to like him as an outside corner. 6'2", 198 at the combine, super long arms, 33 and, and 3 eighths, which is, uh, you know, great reach for a cornerback. 4'3", 6", blazing 40-yard dash time, 35-inch vertical, 10-1 broad jump. 
and Croc did not do the agilities. So um, is there a reason he didn't do the agilities, you think, there? And I, I think scheme is important, too, when you're looking at a corner. Is he more of a press man guy? Does he fit the 49ers scheme? And ultimately, do you like him in the, in the late third-round range, Croc? I think with his athletic profile, you would assume that he's a better press man guy. And with the 49ers, and again, we'll see what Wilkes does. I, I want to know, are they going to lean on kind of what they've been doing, which has been playing really a ton of quarters. And I think that's made it a little bit more difficult for certain guys to really be on the field and stay on the field like a uh, Ambry Thomas. Ambry Thomas at Michigan was a press man corner, right? And when he did run zone, he ran from a uh, press bail, reading concepts from there, um, but could play cover two, could play some uh, defenses from there. But then you look at you know, the, the Amador Lenore, the Samuel Womack, like, you know, Womack got some time outside. Lenore got some guys on the outside. So it, it feels almost like they're kind of going away from that bigger guy because a lot of times you don't see them great in off coverage. Heck, even uh, Traverius Ward, right? Think of the times where you're just like, oh, that was not a good play from Traverius Ward. It's when he's playing off and has to mm-hmm. turn and run. It just doesn't look great, right? Like, they're just the transitioning into a turn and run for those guys is just the, the way their bodies – are made it's just harder it's more difficult right like it, i would have never even got a chance at the nfl if they were like hey man uh we we, we like your athletic ability but you can only play off in this game they'd be like oh this guy's trash right like it's just it's just more difficult so uh they they allow traverse ward to play more press maybe a guy like rush would benefit more from that but i still think there's things that he needs to clean up with his feet it was just a little clunky uh, they they were a little slow, and we all know the saying, slow feet can't eat. That's two games. Uh, I have to watch more to see if this is truly a trend. It was similar at the Senior Bowl, though. You know, he had some great reps and some highlight reps, and then some other times he got beat, you know, by by, by quicker, quicker wide receivers. So, um, you know, Ambry Thomas is maybe not a terrible comp, which is why maybe you should expect the 49ers might like Darius Rush because at the at the end of the third round, you know what they've done in all their late third round picks is drafted guys who blazed forty times, uh, tested well, and you know they're they're trying to hit a home run there in those late third round picks hasn't worked out great so right. far for a lot of those late third round picks that the 49ers have drafted. But I think Darius Rush might fit that mold six two who runs a four three six. Sounds like you don't like him a lot, Croc. I don't care for what I've seen so far. Would you compare Darius Rush to the the DB version of this? This is the way I describe my golf game to somebody who is a 49ers fan. Um, the 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 DB version of Sam Darnold because my golf game is a lot like Sam Darnold's game where if you watch just the highlight tape, you're like, oh, this guy, you know, he'll pipe one 300 down the fairway occasionally. But if you followed me for the whole round, you'd be like, okay, this guy's pretty garbage. That's kind of what, what what Sam Darnold's career has been. Is that, that similar to uh, the scouting report for Darius Rush? It's a little harder because quarterback is so dependent on everything around him. So, you know, if your officer coordinator isn't good or if the receivers aren't doing certain things or the, the, the coordinators and coaches aren't putting guys in position to win, your offensive line isn't blocking very well, like it's just going to be t- difficult to be good at the quarterback position. Uh, at the cornerback position, it's more so you, especially if the f- scheme is right. So he reminds me more of a different guy, a guy that you'll probably remember, first-round pick, cornerback for the San Francisco 49ers, Mike, Mike Rumpf. Rumpf. Yeah, that's a good one. Okay, Mike Rumpf comp on the pod. We we've been doing a lot of '90s uh, and early 2000s comps recently. We had the uh, the high <laughs> streets. 
We had uh, we had another one, I think, man. But um, well, I remember saying that uh, Tyrese Price reminded me a lot of Kevin Barlow or Kevon Barlow. Yes, yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, I think that's easy for 49er fans to mm-hmm. truly understand. Like, I ain't saying this guy Larry Fitzgerald or you know, you you know, but, like because sometimes people get a little crazy with the with the uh, comparisons. But I think when I say Mike Rumpf, anybody that watched football during that time, he was a big time prospect coming out of Miami. But, you know, he got to the NFL and there were just things that just made it difficult for him to be good at the cornerback position. And I think when I watch uh, Rush or, uh, uh, yeah, Rush, Darius Rush, those are some of the things where I'm like, ah, can, can he have a better feel for the route? Can he have a better – okay, what's the twitch? What's the suddenness? Man, all oh, the feet. Oh, man, he got rocked on his heels. Dang, he's not even touching guys off the line of scrimmage. Like, not even getting close. And, again, I, I could watch two more games and maybe I'll get a completely different – uh, opinion of it so and that's what nfl teams are doing they're, they're not watching just oh we're going to watch two games and come up with what we think this guy is you know we we're going to watch three games four games five games then we're going to go you know back you know let's watch him the year before you know was he dealing with any injuries you know those are things that i just don't have the privilege privilege of knowing yeah and you want to watch him like see what he looks like early in the season see what it looks like late in the season did he get better was he kind of injured at one point in the year too so there's a lot of factors yeah. that can change one game game tape to another different players they're playing against different schemes uh we got to finish this up with eli ricks though out of alabama crock and similar to wanye morris where he, a big time recruit rolls into college starts games at alabama or i'm sorry at lsu and was a freshman all-american and then ends up you know kind of peaking there playing worse later in his career he transfers to alabama uh um had a little bit of injury problems eli ricks did a in his junior season at Alabama and then declares for the draft. And I don't know if he might regret that decision because I'm seeing him get lower and lower. I used to see him in third round mock drafts. Now I'm seeing him, you know, more like round five in, in mock drafts. So what did you see from Eli Ricks out of Alabama? Another tall corner, six two one ninety, almost exactly height weight uh, that, uh, that Darius rush is rolling with. Yeah. Uh, I think the issue for him. Okay. First of all, let's start, start with the film. A lot of the film that I watched, like once he got in, and again, I don't know what was going on at Alabama. It was really weird. Maybe his injuries. Maybe I felt like the way they talked about him, there was some like off-field stuff or, or something, maybe, like maybe not meshing with uh, head coach Nick Saban, whatever it was. Okay, I don't want to speculate too much. But when he, yeah, he did, did transfer in, too. So you always wonder, like, why is the guy transfer? There's Right, from yeah. LSU at that. Right. But again, Ed Oregon had, you know, got fired or, you know, whatever. So there were some transition type things going over on at LSU. And then his partner in crime, uh, Derek Stingley, he ended up uh, going to the NFL. So, you know, there could be those various reasons. But when you watch the film, especially like that first game back for Eli Ricks, dominant. I mean, he just looked good, popped. He was confident. He's talking trash. You can see he's clearly turned up, ready to go. Like, you got to screw me with this season. Like, that's what it looked like. Like, he played with a chip on his shoulder. I loved it. And as you continue to watch film, you just see somebody that makes plays, aggressive. It just, it, it looks good. Now, is he this, again, quarters coverage guy? And you got to remember, you go back to uh, him, because he's a California kid, played at modern day. They call him pick six Ricks. All right, like he he was getting big. he had like three pick six in one game. It was like crazy. He had two, he had two in his freshman All American season too. Right, and he had yep at, at LSU. So I mean, this is a guy who clearly can make plays on the ball, has a lot of confidence. But I think he's falling because well, there's a discrepancy with his forty yard dash time, which and I know you had seen like four five five. I had seen four six, and we're talking about hand time. This is a guy that did not run at the combine. So 
mean, is he a four six five forty guy or is he, you know, like if you if he's on the laser, we don't know, but that wouldn't be ideal. And then he uh, had some other issues as well. Uh, his three cone, I believe it was right. Or yeah, shuttle. his three cone was similar to some of these offensive linemen we've been talking about. Seven four four three cone, which is which is not good for a corner, even for a six two corner. Right, and if you're DK Metcalf and you run a, a poor three cone, it's like, well, that's fine. You know, just when it's not going to run you on uh, double moves, you can still do everything else: slants, crossers, digs, posts, go routes, stop routes. You can still do those things. As a corner, you really got to be able to match and mirror the movement skills of receivers. Now, again, he did it on film, so. Again, this is something maybe you guys hurt. Maybe there's things that, that are lingering and they they cause trouble. And hey, this is why I didn't test well. All right. But when you watch the film, there's a lot that pops. And we know he's a, he could be a playmaker. Why didn't he start the whole year at Alabama? Maybe it was injuries, but I think some other stuff was potentially going on. But I know I liked his film more than Darius Rush. I liked his film more than a lot of the other guys will watch as well don't care as much for the testing did did ricks did you think rick's play speed was just as fast as rushes even though we're talking seven five or four five five four six instead of a four three five i thought it was better again small sample size for rush i don't want to kill the guy but i mean i just saw him just chasing guys it's like got beat off the line of scrimmage in one step and you're just he goes by you and you know it just it looked really weird it looked weird because i knew at the time this is a four three guy and I didn't see that speed translate to the actual games. Now, a lot of people will say, well, track speed is different or football isn't playing on the track. And I get it. But, you know, when a guy just takes the speed release and goes, I expect a guy with a 4-3 to be able to, you know, just keep up with that a little bit better. And that was one thing that kind of it, it worried me. Guy ran a dig route and it's like he ends up, five, you know, four yards off of him. You know, just see poor anticipation. So that was part of it as well. You know, the, the anticipation not quite there. So uh, Rush. I, I have a lot more questions uh, with Ricks is more so of why didn't you test as well? Like, that's my only question. And I would like to overlook that. But I remember I really liked Riley Ridley. And I think a big issue that he had, he just was not athletic enough for the NFL level. I think that, that was a big part of it. I think 31 invert, like just the explosive uh, numbers weren't great. Didn't run a great 40. I think there was a lot of things that just hurt him from, you know, being able to free himself up against guys while not being a big guy. And with Rush, there's a lot of things that kind of worry me. And with uh, Ricks, is more so just the pure testing. Like, what went wrong? Yeah, were you not working, you're not putting in the work to to test better? Yeah. You're not training hard enough? Uh, or you just not athletic enough? And it's different, like you said, with a wide receiver that might run a 4-6. Like, well, does he get open? Can he, you know, he might not do this one thing great, but he can do this other thing great. For a corner, it's a little bit more difficult. So right. offensive line and corner, the two positions we talked about, probably more dependent on some of those athletic testing numbers than some other positions when it comes to the combine and pro days. Put a round grade on on Rush and Ricks for me, Croc. Uh, you said a round grade? Yeah, what round? Ricks again now if you meet with him and you find out why he didn't run as well maybe he goes higher but it feels more like day three for sure and like deep, deep day three Niners have three fifth round fifth picks. round like it's like you you weren't you weren't you know you, you had some issues get on the field and didn't test as well but but like the film we we like some things I can see him going fifth sixth round uh and people being like kind of a little shocked to see his name there but I could potentially see that. Rush, 
I think he's gonna go high because when you're just that that type of physical specimen at you know six two, you know, 190 plus pounds, running the way he did, explosive stuff off the charts, you know, there teams are gonna be intrigued by that. So I could see him going late second to to early third. And you know, now maybe it's like the the kid out of Baylor. There was a corner at Baylor. I think he ran like the fastest 40 ever or whatever at the combine, whatever it was last year. And he wasn't drafted high, the corner. So maybe teams don't care as much about the explosive drills, but um, I, I, I could see Rush going higher than Riggs. Uh, I agree there. The question is, would it be third round? And if you don't draft him third, Rush probably doesn't see the next pick the 49ers have if they don't take him there. Correct, because they don't pick in the fourth. Right. All right. Cool. So uh, that's those four prospects, how we're feeling about them as we head toward the NFL draft within 10 days. Now the NFL draft and building our little mini draft board for round three and day three of the draft for specifically those San Francisco 49ers will unveil some of our favorite players in different rounds next week and mocking or scouting more mock drafts as well. Coming up very soon here. Thanks everybody for making locked on 49ers your first listen back tomorrow right here locked on 49ers